This is a continuing part of the CXO Challenge by itnews.com.au. I'm your host, Justin Hendry, Deputy Editor of IT News. On the show this week, we talk to South Australia Police Chief Information Officer Hamish Cameron about the planned rollout of more than 5,000 mobile devices to all of its police officers. The rollout, part of a wider mobile workforce transformation, aims to improve productivity by giving officers rapid access to information with time savings of 30 minutes per officer per shift expected. Thank you for taking out some time to chat about this project. There's some interesting things going on down in SA and this sounds as if it's an interesting sort of organisational-wide reform. First off, why is SA Police embarking on this program and how were officers previously going about their reporting? Sure. Good question. Start at the beginning. I guess when you think about not just APOL but any policing agency Access to information and the ability to, I guess, enter in information is a fundamental part of their work. They need to access information to make good decisions at a sort of high level. And that can be a matter of quite literally life and death, whether it's just efficiency and effectiveness, whether it's about knowing who that person is and whether there's some risk to the community or to themselves. So I guess it's probably always worth talking about why police in particular really require robust mobility devices and and solutions. So this is not a a new thing to the emergency services or or police in particular. So I guess why did we start? I mean, and and I'll take your, your second question first, just to sort of set the scene. So I guess from a mobility perspective, currently Officers have a range of different devices. Many of the devices don't connect or integrate with one another. So when you think about a body-worn video, for example, when you think about mobile phones, when you think about their computers, a lot of these devices, even ECDs or tasers, for example, some of these devices have the opportunity to be smart and connect with one another. At the moment, they're disparate devices that don't talk to one another and we're missing out on on an opportunity for greater levels of connectivity, awareness and and other things. So currently, that's the the sort of current state. Um, We have what was a fairly successful program, I'd say, with mobile ruggedized tablets. So that's basically a Windows ruggedized tablet which is able to be docked in a car and that connects to sort of vehicle location and and other information and importantly the critical policing information systems within SAPOL. Now the issue with that is Windows and and Microsoft obviously didn't win the mobility operating system war (laughs) so that they're effectively laptops being driven around and there are limitations with that particularly when you have one laptop per vehicle essentially So you don't have a one-to-one relationship with the officer and the computer and and the device. That in itself poses issues around security with how you design solutions and software for it. And I was tasked when I joined SAPOL back in June 2019 to start looking at what is the next logical step in SAPOL's mobility journey. It's pretty obvious that that mobile phones are ubiquitous, that 
you know, really from a community perspective, that is what everyone is using. They're being developed, they're current in terms of the applications are being built better and better. And when you think about it, members of our police are the community members. There are certain expectations on technology when you work in a workplace now and mobile phones were the obvious choice. Now, importantly, in a mobility program, the mobile phone is put one piece of the puzzle. Mm. You need to have the suite of applications. You need to secure the platforms to ensure loss of information or invalid access to information doesn't occur. The business case had to encompass not just handing out 6,500 phones, for example, to everyone in SAFOL, but it needed to cover the full gamut of policing information system access as well as some of the other back office systems that we wouldn't be able to develop. Mm, sure. Um, yeah, and no, I'll come, I think, back to some of the uh, the specific applications and collaboration tools that you are looking to roll out. But I think, to begin, I guess, we'll, these uh, devices will be used basically, like you said, to access core policing systems and more or less reduce the need for officers to return to a station to complete tasks. Is that primarily the objective of the program? Is it just freeing up officers' time or are there other aspects to it um, as well that are equally as important? I think I touched on it a little bit, but certainly freeing up officer time and being efficient and effective is a critical element to it because the demands of and really the increasing demand for police has certainly been demonstrated even when you look at the current situation with COVID-19. We have somewhere around 500 police officers on any given day being allocated to that. So anything that we can do to reduce inefficiency is, is obviously a worthy cause, but it's certainly definitely not the only benefit. When you look at the current state versus the future state with this program, you would have all officers with personal issue mobile phones. And what that enables is certainly safety benefits to our frontline members. Currently, they may not be able to be tasked to directly. We may not have visibility as to exactly where they are. We will certainly have vehicle level information and location data. But if someone needs to get out of the car and chase down a crook or the mobile ruggedized tablet is taken out of the car, for example, there are issues around safety and, and welfare, not just around the location, but access to those information that they need to do their job. So certainly efficiency, effectiveness, important, very important for you know, even written into the Police Act that we need to keep getting better at that. But it's one of a raft of benefits that we see around improving security. When you think about a Windows laptop versus the biometrics and other encryption that you can offer on, on a device, mobile device management, is much um, more secure. And you obviously you have to build it that way, but certainly it facilitates that security better. User experience and how police officers can engage with the community ultimately could also improve because mm. you've got access to that information in their hands as opposed to just being in a vehicle. So you've got frontline members walking down the street, you know, maybe uh, needing to look up information. It's certainly easier than radioing it in, for example. So there's significant advantages across the board for this program, mm. not just efficiency and effectiveness. Yeah, certainly, certainly. 
You touched on a couple of the platforms that you would, would like to roll out, critical policing applications and also collaboration tools. What kind of applications are you looking to introduce and will these apps allow officers to conduct things like identity checks, search a police database, for instance, and report crimes? Yes, I guess all of the above. So certainly there are a core suite of policing information applications that are critical to the day-to-day workings of a general duties, for example, police officer. And that is certainly searching across databases. And this is not just SAPOL's databases, but nationally, for example, as well as the ability to, to enter in information into into our core policing system, which is called SHIELD. That stuff is mandatory, really, um, for the program. That stuff, how we build it, is obviously important. So you're reducing duplication and complexity from some of the screens that they might have now. Collaboration tools, certainly important. How we can push out alerts, notifications, but how they can communicate with with their line managers and their teams is obviously something that would be new and improved on what they have now. And probably something that we can touch on. This program is probably slightly different to some of the other jurisdictions' programs in the way that we are rolling this out to not just sworn police officers, but everyone within the agency. Mm. Um, whether you're a back office administrator or frontline general duties police officer, you would get a phone and you would be in scope for the program. And I think unlike a lot of other agencies on the eastern seaboard, I think WA is another agency that's uh, WA Police have recently done a similar thing. Both front and back office staff will receive a device or have received a device, whereas in New South Wales we're still, I guess, not quite there and we only I guess have a couple of devices for each patrol or two or more officers so yeah I think um, personal devices are definitely the way of the future. Yeah it's certainly much harder to build applications when you're sharing devices around because you really need to understand who did what and at what time and it's difficult when you've got say a shared device building that sort of audit and traceability into systems is not as simple as it might seem. It's not as foolproof, so it's definitely critical. Certainly other jurisdictions are doing excellent work in this space and we've been looking at them closely. I'm not sure WAPOL are doing back office. I think they're doing all sworn offices, but I'm not sure they're doing civilian or or unsworn as well. But certainly it's moving at a fast pace. Mm, Yeah, definitely. As part of the application and collaboration tool component of this program, Will this require you to, I guess, redevelop any existing systems or at least develop apps or APIs to sit across those um, existing systems? It's a good question. I think some of the work, or a lot of the work, is going to actually be in how we present information in a way that an officer can digest in a small form factor. So a lot of the APIs for, for some of these systems exist, some of them don't, so we'll have to consider how we basically build the architecture for it. But when you think about it, we are accessing many of these systems through, say, Windows, either a web browser or a Windows application. 
So many of them do have that capacity. So probably a lot of the heavy lifting, Justin, will be around the user experience. And you know, we're, we're particularly cognizant of ensuring that uh, we don't just replicate what's on the Windows computer on the phone. It, it needs to be you know, scalable and usable for that form factor. Some of them will be purchased, obviously. There's a lot of work to be done. We're still in the, the sort of early planning phase of the program, but we certainly will be taking that user experience piece as far as we can go. Mm-hmm. And is that the same with uh, collaboration tools as well? Are they more or less sort of the run-of-the-mill collaboration tools that we all now rely on on a day-to-day basis, like email and Teams or, or some sort of uh, mm-hmm. communication platform? I don't think we'd be wanting to reinvent the wheel on that one, seeing there's been a lot of industry progress about how collaboration tools are being used. And certainly we're learning a lot from our rollout of of Microsoft Teams and the high sort of utilisation of that. And also importantly, when you look at other jurisdictions, Waypol, et cetera, who do have quite high engagement from um, some of those collaboration tools. And also, you know, what is the best use case for police to ensure that it helps them rather than you know, just gives them more notifications and, and distractions uh, from their day to day? You mentioned Teams. Was that something that you introduced in response to the pandemic or had you been rolling it out prior to that? It was actually a, a response to the pandemic, so certainly accelerated um, plans for some of these tools when we had to go from not many people working from home to the capacity of about 1,300 staff in a few weeks. So we really had to bridge the gap from in-office collaboration where you can walk over or you can pick up the phone to something which is you know, more contemporary. So it's you know, certainly wouldn't be the only organisation that, that had to push that accelerator down for the team's implementation. No, certainly uh, lots of uh, businesses, I imagine. And I know you said it was early days still on this project, but have you decided on some of the how the infrastructure behind it might work in terms of the platform it'll be hosted on? There's been quite a push recently in SA government around cloud and wanting to push more into the cloud. Will that underpin it in any way? A lot of the architecture and strategic work around it is underway at the moment, so I probably can't go into too much detail. But look, I think it would be very, very difficult to ignore the value in going down a sort of fairly heavy cloud pathway. Otherwise, you are, you know, when you're introducing thousands and thousands of devices out in different areas, having a bottleneck into, say, Paul headquarters, for example, can um, certainly go against the performance and efficiency that you need from this kind of program. So Mm. I think we'll be looking very, very closely at at how we can make the systems as scalable and as performant as possible, whilst also ensuring that we're um, adhering to important security requirements. Mm. Outside of this program altogether, are you in the process of shifting some of your existing maybe mainframe systems to cloud or is that something that you've already achieved? We haven't done a heavy push into cloud, whether it's infrastructure as a service or otherwise. Predominantly, we have managed on-prem capability and servers as data requirements for things like body-worn video footage and other media. It's certainly growing very, very quickly, and we are looking at what could it look like in the future for our strategic planning process. Mm, yeah, and I imagine this project will tie in quite closely with that broader shift. Are there other projects that are ongoing within the agency that this will link up quite closely with, or is it quite uh, distinct in that sense? Any of the projects currently underway which 
say, for example, our SHIELD program, which is still underway, which is our main policing information system that still has a couple of phases remaining. So certainly there's overlap that and, and how we can best access the information. And there's a raft of other sort of large-scale system replacement and, and we need to think about do frontline officers need to access that information? How can they? And of course, you know, the one that you just mentioned around the current sort of storage, compute and other workloads, where are we going to move this to in the future? So there's certainly a huge amount of architectural decisions that will need to be made and certainly this program will sort of bring it into focus and ensure that we are making those decisions in a timely way because the program will need to keep moving. Mm, Certainly. And you mentioned Shield. That's your niche RMS application that you've been working on for a couple of years now, the, the CAD system. Yes, absolutely. So Niche RMS, which is used in Queensland and Tasmania and NT are rolling it out as well. So it's used by a lot of jurisdictions currently. It's actually been going for eight or nine years now, so it's been quite a long program. And there's still two phases remaining on that program. And it's certainly, as an enterprise-wide policing system, it's a critical element and we're ensuring that we finish that program off strongly. I think I read somewhere recently that you were um, looking to add some additional elements of functionality to that. Not sure if you can maybe discuss what those new aspects are. It's really part of the staged rollout, so they wouldn't be new per se. It would just be new for being introduced into the niche program here. But certainly in terms of what's left over, you know, there's a raft of functionality around how we integrate with courts more smartly. Mm. And there's a sort of major property release, which is how we manage our property, including DNA, etc. So they're fairly significant pieces of work. But a major release, which was sort of the end of 2018, probably got 99% of the sworn members using Shield because it's certainly to do with mm. incidents and other critical day-to-day activities. Mm. So the, the Shield program is still going and we've still got a little way to go. It's interesting to see you moving down the personal device road and then, uh, you know, eventually you, I know New South Wales Police are doing uh, like a connected officer or connected car pilot which is sounds very interesting so i imagine this is like the first step towards something like that in the well the near future yeah certainly jurisdictions ignore this kind of technology progress at their peril i think it certainly it can be fairly expensive the sticker price but it's a fundamental piece of a contemporary policing service That was Hamish Cameron, Chief Information Officer at South Australia Police. And that's the podcast for this week. We'll be back with an exciting new interview next week. Until then, you can catch all the latest headlines in Australian IT over at itnews.com.au.